Hello, and welcome to Rough Edges. I'm your host, Sarah Fox. In this podcast, I will guide you through my faith and mental health journey to dispel the stigma surrounding mental illness and to create a voice for those who wish to discover more about these topics. This podcast will not only shed light on mental health issues, but will also reveal the intersection between faith and mental illness. I pray that these themes will bring growth and healing to our communities. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rough Edges. I am here with special guest, Alan Cox. Alan is a mental health change maker on a mission to change the narrative around mental health and help millions of people achieve mental strong well-being. When you hear Alan's story, you might be surprised that he's even alive. Alan is an entrepreneur who has suffered decades of poor mental health. Starting with an abusive childhood, Alan struggled through school and life. As you'll hear, Alan's had setback after setback. In 1995, Alan had a serious work accident, leaving him unable to walk for the best part of a year. This injury sparked a chronic pain syndrome, which he still lives with today. He then worked hard to retrain himself in the then booming internet industry, and he went on to start a successful web consultancy. Just when he started to get ahead with his new phase of his life, the dot-com crash happened and all his business evaporated. Then followed years of struggle to keep his business from going under. Alan now has devoted his life to improving the well-being of millions of people around the world. A crucial part of his mission is Alan's impact business. Ever Yellow, who have created a fascinating mental conditioning app that is getting great results for those who use it. Alan's background in design thinking, problem solving, business, and his traumatic past, repeated challenges, and his newfound passion for neuroscience and positive psychology give Alan a unique perspective and a rare mix of talents. Alan is a humble, down-to-earth man with a vision to make a difference at scale. You can learn more about his app by visiting the website at www.everyellow.com. Welcome, Alan. Hello. Uh, that was a long intro, but very, very pleased to be here. Yeah, I'm very pleased to have you here. So could you tell me a little bit more about yourself? What are three things that you're passionate about and why? Um, well, I'm, I'm passionate about life. That's, that's one thing, you know, it's, um, I think, um, I think people, as they get older, they, they lose their passion for life really, and just go into kind of existence mode. And, um, and uh, I'm really found, pleased to have found that passion back. Um, as you've mentioned before, I've got a real um, passion for um, kind of changing the narrative around um, mental health, um, 
and I can talk more about that shortly. But um, yeah, um, and I guess you know, just just in my own life, I, I I have a passion for walking with my dog, and a passion for um, cycling, and a passion for all kinds of things. <laughs> nice, that's amazing. So um, you touched on it a little bit, but can you tell me a little bit more about your experience with mental health? Yeah, um, yes, it's, it's, it's one, I, I often get asked that question and um, it's, uh, it's kind of sometimes difficult to really know what parts to say because it, you know, I, I could literally talk for two hours. Um, I, remember, um, I remember once I, I sat down with a, a psychologist uh, when I was going through some troubles and, um, and you know, that, that was someone that at the end of like an hour of giving my story, uh, she, she said, oh, I, can't, I can't believe you're even still here, you know, but um, I, I guess it really just started from early childhood, like when, a time when, you know, human beings need uh, love and nurturing. I, I didn't get a great deal of that. Um, and in fact, I, uh, from an early age, I, I got quite the opposite. Um, I, I was, um, you know, uh, spoken some, some pretty like um, abusive things were spoken to me, like from a mother in particular. Um, that that really just shaped me for um, growing up as a person that was um, just had very very low resilience. Um, and I guess things that happen in life to most of us, um, uh, when those things happen to me, I. I they would affect me much more, you know, and they'd either send me into a, a deep depression or, um, you know, cause me to have, to, you know, uh, self, you know, self-harm and that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's been fair to say that, um, you know, there's been times when, um, you know, even for the healthiest of person, it would have been very difficult to get through. I mean, the, the most you, you touched on um, a time when I was really, really excited about um, migrating from the from the UK to New Zealand, and um, and very shortly after that opportunity came up, I had a serious back injury where I couldn't walk and I lost my job and. It just looked like my whole future had been taken away from me. Um, mm. And then kind of most recently, um, about, I think it was well, about, about 10 years ago now, I was nearly killed in the Canterbury earthquakes here. And um, that was just, a, you know, obviously a very, very traumatic time. There was, you know, death and destruction all around me and I had a, um, a very close call myself um, and again lost my business and that led to me having a, um, a massive mental breakdown um, um, and yeah that was kind of that was kind of about the worst it got really but you know it's just, it's just been a uh, up, up until that point, ten years ago, it was just like a continuous roller coaster where you know there was, there was like a, you know, it just seemed like just as you was kind of, you know, going up 
something would always knock you backwards, and, and some and some of those kind of backwards events were uh, quite horrific, you know, and, and, and led to me, you know, be, being um, suicidal on on many occasions. And uh, but I'm I'm obviously very very grateful that uh, I wasn't successful. Yes, that's. And it's it's amazing that you mentioned how, you know, it's kind of like a dichotomy of like when you are succeeding, something happens, like life throws your curveball, you know, and um, it's interesting how you built that resilience over time. And it kind of leads into my next question. It's like, what comes to mind when you hear the word resilience? Um. So what comes to mind for me um, is is basically the kind of uh, I suppose I suppose what I would say is kind of like how much cushioning somebody has around events that just happen to them in life. Um, you know, like I think um, I think somebody that. You know that if you, if you kind of think of um, your well-being kind of thing, or, or your level of resilience, you know, like on on the x-axis of a curve, and then you've got time uh, on the on the y-axis. I think when you have low resilience, um, when something hits you, it you'll go down much much further than what you normally would. And you'll also take a lot longer to get back to where you was before. Um, but when you are, you know, much more resilient, the kind of the the size of the dip is much low, is much smaller, um, and you also bounce back much quicker. And um, and to take that kind of even further is that um you know when when you have I, I you know i believe that when you have you know very good resilience there will be many things in life that um that it won't even produce at, at any kind of dip at all it won't it just won't occur to you that it's a problem um you know th those kinds of things might be you know, someone cutting in front of you um, in a car, you know, or someone not holding the door open for you at the supermarket, you know, they're, they're all the kinds of things that, um, you know, if, you, if you're less resilient, those those things will have a, a bigger impact on you. Right. I'm glad you um, brought up, like, the difference in, like, the threshold of what we can you know be resilient with because it's just like some people have a higher threshold for being resilient and other people have a lower threshold and so i'm glad that you brought up that difference and so um in light of your past challenges you've been resilient in that you overcame your setbacks in life so how did you manage to recover from all of that and what was that process like for you well, I'd actually disagree with what you said um, in the sense that I don't think I was resilient, really. You know, like, um, I, I think that a lot of the problems I had were because I did have 
a very low resilience, um, mm. which basically was due to the wiring that I, you know, the wiring I developed in my brain and the and the belief systems I had in my brain, you know, about myself and the world. Um, that all led me to have quite a low resilience, and um, it was it was only, it was only really after I recovered from the like the earthquake um, breakdown situation where that that was kind of a that was a like a watershed moment in my life really where I basically thought to myself, Alan you need to do something here mate otherwise you're not going to see your children grow up right mm. and i remember having that thought but having no idea what to do um but what i basically did is um i just started to educate myself on what was going on in my head you know what why am i like this you know what's what's going on um and through through doing that i i basically discovered very early on that um whilst my condition is kind of technically in my head um it's actually far from like an imaginary thing that there, there are there are real physical things going on you know like for example um my hippocampus would have been probably 15 to 20 percent shorter smaller than it should be um there would be all these chemicals doing these strange things in my head i i even just by chance discovered like things like um if you have um, a knock on your head at some point in your life, it can basically put like your new some of your neurons out of place mm. permanently, um, and and you know that causes you to have um, you know kind of permanent damage in your brain um, in the same way as you know, any other part of your body can get permanent damage. Um, and then I and then I thought back and thought, oh, there was that time I went into the back of a, you know, I was on my bicycle and I smashed into the back of my, a, a car and, you know, head first. There was a time when I was a, a young baby and um, um, my silly dad was pushing me on a swing that didn't have like one of those cradles around it and I let, I let go at the age of like two or something and um, smashed my head on the floor from quite a height. And, um, and you, start, you start piecing all these things together and you start thinking, it kind of makes sense. It's not, it's not actually my fault. And, um, but most importantly, um, it, is, it is, you know, in, in, in my situation at least, it, it is fixable. Um, there, is, there is a pathway back. So, you know, in, in summary, um, kind of educating myself was, was the biggest kind of step for, for me moving forward. Yeah, and um, I like what you said. It's, um, it's sort of like 
you know, there is a pathway back. Like, there is a way forward. And I would say that you, you know, you were resilient in that you were able to overcome, like, most of the challenges that life threw your way. And I know that you've had a lot of challenges um, that you faced, and you were able to get through them. So I would encourage you that, you know, you're, you're very, you're very resilient, in, in my opinion. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there is a constant stigma surrounding mental health and, um, it's a stigma that kind of discourages a lot of people from seeking help. Um, it's a stigma that, you know, you're weak or you're labeled as, you know, psychotic and, um, there's just this harmful stigma that surrounds mental health, especially with the way it's portrayed in the media. So what are your thoughts on how the media portrays mental health and how do you think that affects those who are dealing with a mental disorder? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a very big topic and, um, the, um, in many, you know, in, in many ways, the the pro the problem is um, so big that you know um, I, you know I don't want to sound defeatist here, but it's kind of so big that you think like I I can't see this changing for you know decades unless something it's kind of a little bit like cl climate change, right? Um, e even even though we can see the effects of climate change happening all around us, um, we still haven't got global leaders really taking any serious action. And and the same and the same goes with mental health, right? Um, the the you know the, the I I could talk for um, a long long while about how unhelpful the media industry is around mental health but i just don't i just don't really see what like the value of that would be um you know they're not going to change at the end at the end of the day um and the the media industry is is controlled by dollars they don't they don't really care about um what really makes sense to do um at the end of the day it's, it's all about clickbait right and um and, and that's not going to change for a very long time unfortunately so with that being said what can we do to change things right well um i think i think one of the biggest things we can do in the short term is kind of find find ways to kind of circumvent the media and trying to start normalizing um what mental health is um and you know the the, the big the biggest kind of education piece around mental health and this is for people that um, you know, on you know, people that are struggling and people that are, that are not struggling. You know what? 
what what people just really really need to understand about mental health is mental health does not equal poor mental health it doesn't it, it, you know when, whenever the discussion when we whenever we talk about mental health you automatically think mental illness right mm-hmm. and the reality is is mental health is exactly like physical health right you you can have um you know you can have a an illness physical illness um such as like um catching the cold or or something like that or a flu or um you know obviously covid (laughs) um but if you don't have an illness that doesn't mean to say that you're just because you don't have a physical illness doesn't mean to say that you're really really healthy right you know, it couldn't be from the truth and, and exactly the same thing is the case with mental health you know what 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 i'd really like um, us all to understand is that mental health is a force is a is a is a spectrum you know if you think of a spectrum between say one and ten and if you're say if you're say under a three you probably do have a diagnosable you know mental health condition such as depression or anxiety or what have you right but if you're above a three you you know like well let's just go to the other end for a moment you know if, if you're say above an eight say then you're you're thriving you're flourishing right you you get out of bed full of energy you're optimistic you you look forward to going to work you look you know you 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 are happy with your life and you there's not really much you would change about things right the sad reality is is that the vast majority of human beings are far from being that you know they're 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 just at various most human beings are 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 either mentally unwell or they are just at various shades of meh you know various shades of of gray or just okay right right um and i think i think the positive thing about thinking about it like that way is when people either have a mental you know when when they become depressed and things um i think it's helpful to think well i'm about here on that spectrum and i I know that i've got a long way to go um if i get better right um and and similarly if if you're if you're not on that, if you're not on that, you know, negative side of, of the of the curve kind of thing, then you, you can start to understand those people better, but also but also take care of yourself a little bit better as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I love that you brought up the fact that most human beings are in that gray area. It's not like a a one a one-off where it's like either you're extremely happy or extremely sad. Um, And so um, 
it, it's kind of interesting because when you have a disorder like let's say bipolar disorder um that's something that i have um you're always in an extreme state where it's like you're either extremely happy or you're extremely sad and so you're trying to get to that meet like that happy medium and so um it's interesting that you say like most people and it's true most people are in that middle stage where it's just like i'm not extremely happy where life everything's going perfect and um i'm not extremely you know super sad where everything is like going horribly wrong and so when we humanize mental health and treat it just like you said of like it's just as important if not like just as important as like having a physical illness like we always think of mental illness as something that's you know like way beyond our grasp when if it's just like you're thinking of it like you know if you take medication to help you get better like physically you take mental you take medication to help you get better and when you have a mental illness so it's really along the same lines and so when we get a better grasp of that i think we can start moving forward to have a humanizing conversation with mental yeah. health yeah i agree and um and the and this this is why i'm saying that um it's up it's up to people like us really that um you know you know obviously like the work that you're doing uh, is is really important as well um it, it, you know we, we need to kind of circumvent the normal narrative that's out there in the media you know like even some of the really you know popular websites around well-being um and i won't i won't mention them online here but um you know, when you read those articles, and they're all done by, you know, psychologists and people like that, but it's all very, it's all the same old stuff that's been churned out, you know, week after week on a gazillion websites. It's, 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 um, it's completely inauthentic, you know, it's not, it's not human. Um, you know, what, what we really need to do is um, starting to break through, as you say, and, 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 and humanize it. Um, and, you know, especially for people that are um, suffering, one, one of the, you know, biggest problems that they have, uh, and I've experienced it, this, is that even, even the people that are closest to them often are, you know, really low in giving support because they just don't know how to deal with you, right? Right. And, um, and it's really hard, you know, especially if you're, you know, you're on a downer and, or you're, you're, you are depressed, it's really hard to kind of come to terms with that, right? Um, and, like we, we we could speak to for hours on like well you know why why is it that people um, don't you know why why is it so hard for people and you know there's there's societal reasons there's you know one one of the biggest things and, I, and this is one of the things that I I'd really like to try and push for in the future is I would really like to see 
um, you know, mental health and neuroscience to be a core um, and significant part of the school curriculum, just in the same way as you learn, you know, biology and physics, right? Yeah. And um, when 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 youngsters leave school, um, they should have kind of two things. They should have one, they should have a complete understanding of how their brain, their mind, their emotions, and all of that stuff, they, they, they need to understand how it will work. So that, you know, like when they do experience, um, you know, anxiety, or they, you know, maybe they even get bullied, you know, um, they, they can, they can, process that properly right, right. Um, and, and the second thing that they need to have is basically a toolbox all right they need they you know there's a whole thing range of things that you can do um, you know everything from you know thinking strategies to um, you know breath work to you know, meditation, whatever. There's a there's a whole bunch of tools um, that you can use to to basically keep your mind, uh, you know, worked out and and, men and mentally fit, right? And um, you know, there are, there are some countries in the world that have already done this. Um, what Wales uh, in the UK. Um, I, I believe they're they're implementing it this year. It's been it's just been you know going through all the curriculum design, and that's one of the few countries that I know of in the world that have really recognised the future value to um, to individuals and society by really investing in the education of of, of mental health, and that that will certainly go. You know, I think if if everyone if if all you know uh, countries around the world did the same thing, suddenly I don't. I think stigma would be a thing of the past because um, everyone would understand each other. You know. Right. No, I definitely agree with that, and I think the United States should also try to implement that criteria. I mean, we have like psychology majors and all of that, but we never really like implement it into the core of like our educational system. And I think that's something that a lot of people can benefit from, you know? So, um, yeah, that's just something that definitely has me thinking of ways that I can just like implement it. And even in my conversation and daily life, you know, like just trying to educate people and trying to get them to learn like, hey, this doesn't have to be stigmatized. This doesn't have to be something that's a scary conversation to have, you know? And so... Yeah, and there's, a, there's kind of a... There's, um, there's another part of it as well. Um, like, I, I come from a, an entrepreneurial kind of an innovation background. And um, what, what I recognized when, when I kind of saw the light if you if you know what I mean and um, I, I started on my pathway to recovery um, I sun I um, I suddenly saw the value of mental fitness and 
um, that one of the things that I think both individuals and, you know, companies and governments don't understand is, um, is basically like the professional and economic value that people have when they have strong mental, you know, good mental strength. They, they are, they, you know, they, for, for example, they, because they have much better social interaction skills, they, they provide better customer service. They can become much better salespeople. Um, people that um, have good mental fitness are um, more creative. They can, they can identify problems that other people don't see. They can solve problems that other people can't solve. So that they, you, know, you actually become a lot more valuable um, both in your own career um, and, you know, and then if you start magnifying that up, you know, if a company says, okay, we're going to start investing in the, you know, well-being of our people, then, you know, the, the, they, they suddenly become one of the best companies in the world. And then if, um, and then if a country does that, you know, like say Wales, like Wales is doing, and they say, look, we're, we're going to invest in the, um, mental fitness of our people from a very early age, not only to be a prevention so that they don't enter into our health system down the line, because that's a whole nother story, right? right. Um, um, but they're actually going to dr- drive, you know, positive societal and economic benefits to our country and make us a kind of a, a, a you know, a, have a competitive competitive advantage on the global stage you know that that's that's really how we we need to start start thinking about it yeah that that's definitely a great point that you brought up um just like having i mean developing your mental fitness because i think what it all boils down to at the end of the day is that you got to have that tenacity so i think it's important um, to develop that mental fit- fitness. And as you said, it's like it can help countries and even businesses flourish on a different level. And so, um, yeah, that's something that's really inspiring. Um, you are just a very inspiring person. And so um, what advice do you have for those who are struggling to overcome adversity in their own lives? Um well, I, I guess in some ways it's um, a difficult one to answer kind of just at a general level, right? Because um, there's just a gazillion things that they could be struggling with and I, and I don't want to kind of minimise that. I, can, I think that can be like a little bit damaging. Um, you know, all, all I can really kind of say is is right you know rather than give advice um i think all i can say is you know this is what worked for me right is that there was that there was a time where um you know my life was kind of quite dark i you know i felt like i was just in a completely blacked out tunnel not not knowing which way was which 
inside it was like it's like i um inside it it was like i just had this big scream building up inside of me but i just didn't have the energy to scream right mm. and um and for me as i said earlier um when when i started to you know just do some basics of learning you know like for example i i, I couldn't read very well at the time I, I, I was one of those people that you know just just where i was mentally i would read a paragraph and i'd forgotten the sentence above right so i i, I used youtube quite a lot and you know i i was looking at things like um neuroplasticity um there was a there was a really good program for the from the bbc that i'd recommend anyone to watch if if either they have depression or anyone they else has depression um, um there's a program called the truth about depression and that was like a, the real that was like amazing for me because like it had all these wonderful graphics and it showed you like how your, your hippocampus could be shrunk down because all this shit that's happened in your life. Um, but within three months, it can come back again. And, and, ju and just, just me seeing that kind of like mechanically, it, it was like, you know, it was like I was still in the tunnel, but I, I suddenly saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. So, um, um, the, the other the other thing that um, I might just say, which might be more relevant to, you know, people that it might be re relevant to more people, like regardless of what condition that they have, um, is I I basically I basically made a big change in my life when I came to terms with effectively the, the the permanent damage that was in my head right so I don't un, unlike um, so when, when you have something like say a heart disease or um, you know kidney problems or whatever doctors know exactly what's going on and they you know they've done dissections and all that kind of stuff um, the reality is, um, you know, we're still, we're still like so, we're just so inferior in what we know about the brain, right? So, but what, but what we do know is that for whatever reason, um, our brains can become permanently damaged, and you know, for some, for some people. Um, you know, they might have bipolar. Um, some people have, you know, schizophrenia, whatever. Um, for me, you know, um, my thing is depression, right? And um, I, I now know that, you know, after lots of trial and error, I now know that if I don't take just a small dose of antidepressants every day um i will i will not be good um and i've come to terms with that and i'm i'm, I'm good with it you know I, I don't i don't need to understand 
what specifically is going on in my head. I've, I've, just, I've just come to terms with saying, okay, well, shit happens. I've, I've got something going on in my head that needs this other stuff. It, you know, it makes me who I am. It makes me the individual who I am. Um, and, um, okay, I, I need to take this medication for the rest of my life. And, and as, as soon as, as soon as I came to terms with that and I didn't keep on seeing myself as like, um, a victim, um, or something like that, then that, that was, a, that was a big step forward as well. Yes. I, I totally agree with everything that you, um, that you just said, and that, that is great advice. Um, coming to terms with, you know, your illness, whether you may be struggling with something like that or um, just daily challenges. I think it's really important. Um, I want to yeah. thank you so much, Alan, for joining me today. Um, and if you want to have more updates on this podcast, um, tune in every week for more empowering episodes on Rough Edges. Thank you for listening to Rough Edges. Feel free to follow this podcast on Instagram at rough.edges.podcast or visit my blog at sarahifox.com. If you have any questions or further suggestions on how to make this podcast grow, you can email at rough.edges.podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and have a wonderful day.